All right, everybody. Welcome to episode 148 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I am with the co-host with the most, Drew at DR underscore PRA. Drew, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. I got to do a little last minute trip to New York here. So I'm coming from live from the city on the 26th floor and uh, bills are two and O in convincing fashion. So pretty good week. So are you in New York city currently because you were in orchard park uh, a couple days ago, uh, getting drunk yeah, and revelrous. I, I wish, I wish I had a bruised shoulder from a table, but uh, it's not true. So Got an opportunity to come up here for a couple of days. Uh, we'll catch a Yankees game tomorrow night that I'm excited about. But uh, yeah, just made this quick trip for a couple of days and uh, no place like New York. So every chance I get, I'll be here. So we'll be a little bit shorter tonight. Uh, so tune in next week if you want the uh, extended version. So you're going to a Yankees game tomorrow. So it's actually, let, let, I want to throw this in there real quick. And I promise this will actually be real quick. Uh you might catch uh, Aaron Judge's 61st home run ball. Uh, I, as, as friend of the show, Bobby Koch, had talked about on the Twitter machine today, if you catch that ball, don't give it back. Make, make <laughs> them give you a godfather offer if they, if they ever want to see that ball again because uh, that thing is going to go for uh, probably a cool half million on the, uh, on the auction market there if it uh, – if it gets there. So yeah, I'm going to need a couple of Bitcoin a la Tom Brady. If, listen, you're already, you're already ahead of the game, man. You are already <laughs> ahead of the game. So we don't do this every week, but I saw this one and I, I want to run it by you, Drew stat of the week. And this is from uh, Bridget Condon at Bridget Condon underscore on Twitter. Trevor Lawrence is 0-9 on the road. That's not good, Bob. He's going to try to get his first road win Sunday against the Chargers. Who is the only quarterback to lose his first nine road starts and win his 10th? Oh man! Now remember, this is uh, NFL is he, history. Is he is he currently active? He is not an active quarterback. Okay. Okay. This feels like a uh, who is disappointing early and turned around to end up in the Hall of Fame kind of question. That is that is a good uh, good way to think about. It. Um. Man, wasn't Peyton Manning, was it? First guess got it. Peyton mm. Manning. Mm. You uh, you grab you grabbed it right off the top, man. Man, the, uh, the last one I, I told you, <laughs> you got me last week. <laughs> I got you. This one, uh, not so much. But crazy stat, you know. Obviously, yeah. You kind of nailed it on the head. Hall of Famer, you know, not currently, yeah. but will be. Peyton Manning, and uh, there it is. So, Drew, let's do this, man. Let's get into the good, the bad, and the 
exactly. All right. Drew, why don't you start us off this week? Uh, so for the good, uh, you had no I was going to go here. Uh, <laughs> Tua, Tua, Tua. Uh, Again, another one of those uh, started off really poorly and then ended up being at the end. Um, yeah, six touchdowns. Had to dig himself out a little bit of a hole. They, they were down 21 going into the fourth. And, uh, you know, record-setting uh, <laughs> week for the, the receivers. You know, two of the top three receivers, uh, both on the same team for Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Looked like it was going to be an all-Waddle day, and then all of a sudden, you know, you forget about Tyreek in the background, and boom, two plays, two touchdowns. Uh, you know, really, uh, I think showed some grit there. Really, really cool to see Mike McDaniel pull that together, coaching as well. So uh, a lot of fun along with that. Just, you know, a great game in general, which uh, was a lot of fun to watch, but uh, good to see, you know, Tua stay composed, make the right plays, make some decent throws. Um, you know, you get 50 chances with, with uh, guys like Tyreek and uh, Waddle on the team. You're, you're going to hit some big plays. So that, that volume I don't think is anywhere close to what we'll normally see from Tua on a week-to-week basis. But uh, took advantage of it, uh, took his, picked his spots. And, you know, got, got a couple of the guys in the mix as well. Gasicki looked like he was confident and po- possibly startable again. So I don't know if that's going to fool anybody into doing it next week. But, um, yeah, great, great comeback effort from Tua and the Dolphins. I love that one. That I kind of got switched over to that game uh, after whatever game was on in my area. I don't even remember. And it was. It was, it was, I, I don't have words for it. It was amazing. Um, my good. Last week I said, you know, this is supposed to be kind of a fantasy relevant thing, you know, and, you know, I had three things that really didn't focus in on, on fantasy too much. I'm um, going to make it four in a row. My good is the crazy <laughs> endings of week two. We talked about the Miami down three touchdowns going into the fourth, pull out the win. The Browns up 30 to 17 with 82 seconds left and lose. Did you see that sequence of events in that Jets game? I did. It's insane. It it is insane. Uh, What happened to them there? Uh, Cooper Rush leads, leads the Cowboys down the field to set up a game winning field goal. You have. Arizona making Hunter Renfro fumble twice in a row. The second fumble picked up and returned for the touchdown in overtime to win it for the Cardinals. I, you know, and then there were there were other, you know, three-point wins. Uh, the Patriots win by three against the Steelers. The Giants win by three against the, uh, the Panthers. You know, so a lot of exciting games, a lot of nail biters, a lot of crazy finishes, like I said. Uh, so that's what, that's my good, man. It's just the crazy yeah. finishes. Absolutely. And, and what's, you know, you said it's not really fantasy relevant, but what's good for the NFL is good for fantasy, right? So viewership matters, people getting excited about it. And then uh, another fun stat, I don't know if you saw this on the timeline last week, you know, Browns were the last team to lose uh, this type <laughs> of lead in the last two minutes since, oh, the, the Browns in like 2005. So, so it's, it's, it's kind of their thing, right? <laughs> so. Uh, well, in which, you know, 
you, you talk about the timeline. I'm sure you saw the totally tasteless picture somebody put up of some fans tailgating with a mannequin in the uh, in the parking lot before the game, uh, referring to Deshaun Watson and their view of his his process here. And uh, come on, people, come on, people. And it, so it felt fitting that it would end that way um, for them this week. Yeah, I, I am. Maybe, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I didn't see that. Fortunately. Um, yeah, but completely tasteless. People, come on, be better. Just, just freaking be better. All right, Drew, hit us with the bad from week two. What was bad about week two? Uh, this hurts a little bit because we, we have this guy on one of our teams uh, thinking that, you know, he'd be kind of a safety net, good bye week fill-in. Maybe uh, a tradable, tradable guy if he did better than maybe people expected. And that's Matt Ryan and the Colts getting shut out by the Jags this week, which kudos to, uh, to you. You were the, the driving force behind that bet last week to, that we suggested for the Jags to win it. Uh, I'll be honest, I was, I was very much on the fence at best on that one. And uh, that was embarrassing uh, for the Colts and, you know, they, they contain JT, nine carries for 56 yards. Matt Ryan, uh, no touchdowns, three picks. Uh, just looked outmatched. Do, do you realize that the Colts have not won in Jacksonville since Andrew Luck was quarterback? Think about that for a minute. Think about, literally, they have a new quarterback every year. So think, think about the list of quarterbacks that have played for the Colts that have not won in Jacksonville. And honestly, the I believe the spread was four, if I remember correctly. And I even said, I wouldn't bet the money line, but take the points. I should have told everybody to bet the money line. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? That that was crazy. But I, I love, yeah, that, that was bad. Very, very bad. Um. My bad. Dalvin Cook, 12 touches, 36 total yards, zero touchdowns. And I know a lot of people, I saw the timeline, hey, I need, I need Dalvin to get me eight points. I need Dalvin to get me nine points. I need seven and a half points from Dalvin. Yeah, yeah. And... It, it, it did not work out for you at all. <laughs> um, listen, uh, Philadelphia Eagles did almost lose to the Ch- Detroit Lions, but we saw the Detroit Lions play in week two. They look like they're a team that is figuring out how to win games. They believe. They believe. And, and so, you know, Years past, almost beating Detroit it would be an insult. This year, I don't think that's the case, you know. And then, obviously, you know, they they bushwhack the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, that was like that was watching a college team play a high school team. It was just it was a bloodbath out there. Uh, Kirk Cousins throwing throwing for his life, throwing interceptions here, there, everywhere. Justin Jefferson couldn't really get it going. 
Dalvin Cook definitely couldn't get going. I mean, I, I heard I heard Johnny Munt's name way more time than I ever thought I would hear in my entire life. And that kind of <laughs> if that's the guy that gets going, it's probably not going to be a good day for your offense. So uh Dalvin Cook, he was he was bad, bad, bad. Uh before we go to your ugly though, here you go. From Jesse, our man Jesse. Dalvin, I'm assuming that that's Dalvin and not supposed to be Darvin. Trade for Target. Think so. <laughs> Cousin in prime time sucks. Yeah. Did you see the thing on Twitter today? Uh, somebody put um, Kirk Cousins into a Cialis poster and the top of it says, uh, have trouble performing. And it's Kirk Cousins. And look, I mean, it was a great Photoshop, but I mean, for real. I mean, he. he He's got trouble when it counts when the, when the lights counts. are on bright. So, um, <laughs> but what do you think about this? Is this the time you maybe slide in and go, ah, Dalvin Cook don't look so good. I'll take him off your hands. And, you know. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking, uh, if we're talking dynasty, sure. You know, is, is he washed? Is it ready to, you know, is it time to give up? Is it a team that maybe doesn't need him there accumulating whatever points he is going to accumulate this year? Uh, perhaps you get them on a bit of a discount, get somebody to just get out now um, for redraft. Sure. I mean, yeah, if you can get them for redraft and I, I, this will be the worst game, assuming he's healthy. Uh, and Dalvin's really the reason that JT wasn't my bad for the week because uh, mm. he was, he was one step lower. Uh, when you think about the expectations of what should be happening for these guys and how they should be contributing. So um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally fine if you want to send a couple of feelers out and see see if somebody's panicking or if somebody's ready to again get these these mediocre points off their their bench now or their their lineup now if you're in dynasty and yeah maybe he helps hopefully he rebounds and uh, you have a, a great option for uh, later on in the season. So, I dynasty no unless you can get him for a song because he's the kind of guy that if you trade for him you almost have to believe he's going to die on your team. He's going to stay on your roster forever because he's just getting older. Another injury happens. There was more value. Uh, redraft, yeah, snag him now. I, I think he'll be fine. And, and look at this schedule upcoming for the Minnesota Vikings. The next six, Lions, Saints, Bears, Dolphins, Cardinals, Commanders. Besides the Saints, is there a team that you're like, Dalvin's not going to be able to to eat against. I don't think so. Besides the Saints, I don't think there's a team that Saints you... Saints will be tough. Um, Saints will be tough, and I think that's it. And don't don't overlook the Lions, right? And we just talked about them. But the Lions are given a point. They can win. I'm not saying that Minnesota beats the Lions, but Minnesota is going to give up point, or excuse me, Detroit's going to give up points in the process. I mean. Fair. We saw them, what was that, 38-35 against the Eagles. Uh, they were up 22-0 at halftime and let the commander score, what was that, 29 in the second half? 27-29, something like that. So I, I think Dalvin's going to be able to get his in, in a lot of these games. You know, obviously someone's going to come up and, you know, stop them that we're not expecting. But yeah, I don't. There's not a team besides the Saints that I'm really worried can 
can stop them. Um, so, all right, Drew, hit us with your ugly. Uh, man, it's, it's, I did not think I'd be putting this on the sheet, uh, really anytime this season, but especially this early, uh, Bengals and 0-2, couple of really ugly games back to back. And especially, especially this revamped O-line, you know, assuming that they were going to protect Burrow a little bit better. Yeah. They skipped on Sewell last year and it looks like Chase was absolutely the right, right pick in the first for them. So they made some free agency moves uh, to reinforce their line some this year and you know, thought Mixon was going to have a, a hot start. We thought they would have more time for Burrow. And he's already been sacked 13 times. And this is this is ridiculous. And it's too early to to project, you know, what the full season will be. But for those of you who are doing the math at home, six and a half sacks per game times 17. That's a lot of sacks. That that is somewhere in the 105 sacks this year range, which there's there's no way that's <laughs> he won't be on the field to get past 50 sacks at this rate. Uh, honestly, uh, let's just call it a billion sacks if you want to. Yeah, might as well. Um, I, I will say in the Bengals defense, Andrew Hall, uh, Dat Network brother, big time Bengals fan. They probably went up against two of the top five to seven defenses this year. I think by the time, you know, barring injuries along those defenses, I think when we when we call this at the end of 2022, we're going to say that the Cowboys and the Steelers are, are two of the top five or two of the top seven defenses in the league for 2022. So that's rough. But I will say this. I watched that game. Obviously, I'm a Cowboys fan. I was watching that game. I was not expecting much. I was not watching that thing and the Cowboys were going to win. But the weirdest thing to me was Lyle Collins, former Dallas Cowboy. What, did he not go to practice at all last year? Because he acted like he never saw Micah Parsons before. He was jumping. He, he was trying to get quick starts and causing false start penalties. Like, I'm watching just Micah Parsons versus Lyle Collins, and I'm like, you would think that these two men had never met each other. Well, that's not true. You would think that, <laughs> that Micah Parsons did because he made him look foolish all day. He knew all of his weaknesses and exploited every single one of them. And Lyle Collins looked like he'd lost his memory and forgot who Micah Parsons was. And then the worst part is, is that they're just moving Micah Parsons everywhere. But anytime they moved him, to Lyle Collins' side, they never sent a tight end to help. They never sent a running back to help. They were just like, Lyle, you're going to just get embarrassed all game. And sure enough, he got embarrassed all game. Um, fun fact, Micah Parsons on pace for 34 sacks this season. Mm. He, he has two in each of the first two games. So... Um, mm. He he's breaking records this year. First man at thirty. I mean, sacks. he could he could hit twenty pretty easily, don't you think? Oh man! I mean, in all seriousness, I mean the way he's playing. I, I think I yeah, I think twenty is easy, and I don't even know if twenty five is. You know, you say you would say twenty five in years past, and there were you know mm. it was T.J. Watt, it was Aaron Donald, that was the list. You could not seriously say that about any other player, and. 
it's like who and they play the Giants. They play the Giants Monday night football. Yeah, they're right. two they're they're two and oh, God bless them. Yeah. But they played the 0 and 2 Tennessee Titans. Thank you, Bills. And they played the 0 and 2 Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. Panthers have a decent defense. And Tennessee has a decent defense. That's nothing like what the Cowboys <laughs> like. Like that's going to be fun to watch because uh, Saquon Barkley is, is I think, going to be interesting to see. But if they start getting to Daniel Jones, man, that can go downhill real quick. So that's going to be that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, but my ugly, Justin Fields. And you might say, hey, Josh, is it because he's only thrown 28 passes in two games? No, not his fault. That, that's been the game plan. Not a good one, by the way, but that's been the game plan. That's not his fault. Insulting the fan base after the game. Did you, did you hear this quote from Justin Fields? I saw a post online in, a, in the caption watching a fan, I think, who saw it live or you saw it for the first time, but no, I did not. He said in the post-game press conference, this hurts worse for us in the locker room than it does for the fans because we're in here putting in work every day. That's what he said. Pretty much quote. I may have switched some words around, but you get the idea. Now, I- I'm going to say mm. this. You've been a Buffalo Bills fan for how long? Uh, we're talking 35 years, 34 you, years. You've, you've seen – Lost Super Bowls, you've seen mm-hmm. missed field goals, you've mm-hmm. seen, but now you're also seeing the highs of, of Josh Allen, mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs, and all mm-hmm. that. I've been a Dallas Cowboys fan over 30 years. I've I've seen the, you know, I've seen the Super Bowl wins, and I've seen the Quincy Carters, and the washed up Drew Bledsoe, and the washed up Vinny Testaverde. We, we've been committed. Fan, and listen, by the way, my wife has family or had family that lived in Chicago. I've been to Chicago. I've been to Bears games. Those fans are passionate. Those fa- it hurts them when they lose. It hurts them that their team is not where they were in the 80s, where they were a dominant franchise. It hurts and for him to say it hurts us more because we're in here putting in the work, I mean, people take time out of their lives. They take money out of their pockets to go to see you guys in stadiums, to buy your jerseys, to show support. Dude, I'll tell you right now, that, that to me, that just rubbed me the wrong way because, you know, I live outside of Philadelphia and – I can say a lot of things about, about the Philadelphia Eagles, but their fan base is probably the most passionate in the country, and I've lived in a lot of different places in this country. Um, they, live in, they live, breathe, eat Eagles. Same thing in Chicago. Live, breathe, eat Bears. And for him to say it hurts us more because we're putting in the work, dude, whether you last one more season – or you last 11 more seasons or 21 more seasons, guess what? There are fans that have been there 
before you got there, there are going to be fans there after you leave. It mm-hmm. doesn't hurt you more. I promise you that. It does not hurt you more. The, the live and die fans, they live and die by the game. It hurts. Monday, I mean, you know, Mondays are a little bit darker when your team loses on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a fact, you know, because you're into it. You're a fanatic. That's what fan means, fanatic. So that rubbed me the wrong way. Um, yeah, that wouldn't I feel good. If I, if I had Nathan Peterman come out after his six picks and say it hurts me more because I threw those and I got tackled, I mean, yeah, maybe physically, physically painful. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to go to work tomorrow and hear about it from my coworkers. No. I don't need to see all the memes and the jokes about how many touchdowns he threw nope. to the wrong team. Nope. Yeah, that's youth. That's uh, it's a little immaturity. Hopefully, hopefully somebody gets him uh, gets him to see a, a little tone deaf there, and maybe he'll maybe he'll do something different midweek before the next game. But yeah, that's 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 not a great look. Nah. So, all right, everybody. That is the good, the bad, and the ugly from week two. Now you know what we're gonna do, man. Let's do this thing. It's well, it's what we do best. It's what we have the most fun with. Let's see what we saw on the timeline. Number one from our boy Corey Deaton at Dynasty Eor. What happens to Trey Lance's value after another year of waiting? Recently traded him for Dak and was excited when it got accepted. Well, I'm gonna take this first. You should be really freaking excited because you got a guy that we have no idea like we legitimately don't know what Trey Lance is for a guy that yeah two out of the last three years you know the the massive ankle injury and then you know this hand injury similar to uh, what Russell Wilson had last year but we've seen this guy especially for fantasy be pretty damn good and we don't know if Trey Lance will ever get there. I mean, we're talking about Dak Prescott, who has multiple top 10 finishes at the, at the quarterback position. Trey Lance, I don't even know if he has multiple top 10 games in his career. Mm-hmm. So, and now he's coming off of a massive ankle injury. I mean, maybe you look to Dak and say, hey, like this is, his isn't as bad as Dak's. Like this should be good news, but. And we don't know. We don't know that at all. So uh, I'm glad you got excited. As far as his value, I mean, what's going to happen? Jimmy Garoppolo's in town. What's going to happen if Jimmy Garoppolo takes this team to the playoffs and they win a game? What's Trey Lance's value then? Because then you go, okay, like they keep doing it with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance is nowhere to be found. And I said this last year. You spent three first-round picks to trade up to get a quarterback. And the entire year, you go, Jimmy Garoppolo's better. And the team was saying that every week because he was starting. If they at one time in practice was like, Trey Lance is better. Trey Lance is going to give us a better chance to win. Jimmy Garoppolo would have been right on the bench. I don't care how much money he would have been making. But never not once during the season last year did the coaching staff say, it's time. Only, only when Jimmy G got injured for that game that did, did Trey Lance come in. 
And as soon as Jimmy G was healthy, Trey Lance was right back on the bench. That's another indictment to me. Because a lot of times, oh, well, we started the guy now. We started the rook. We're going to keep him in. We're going to keep things going. And they said, no. They said, we're not going to do that. We're going back to the guy who we think gives us the best chance to win. And that wasn't Trey Lance. I mean, what's his, what's his value going to be next year? I mean, do you, do you honestly think, let's, let's fast forward to February of 2023. Season's over. Drew is just cashing in championships. I'm just sitting here thinking about what could have been. And do you, do you think that you are going to trade the promise of Trey Lance for a 23 first? Uh, if it's a 112, I would probably consider it if, if it's a championship team. But, but think about 2023 hype right now. And we don't even know the players in the game. I mean, we know some of them, mm-hmm. but things are going to change. Players that we, we're not talking about right now are going to move up. Players that we're talking about right now are going to move down. I don't. I, I mean, yes, there will be leagues where the one twelve gets, but I think majority. I don't know if you get a first for Trey Lance. I really don't, and I know people are going to call me crazy, and that's fine. I, sometimes my thought process works out very well, and sometimes it does not. But if it was me, if you're the one twelve, I'm assuming you won. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a trade, whatever. But if you're the 112, you won. Does Trey Lance help you repeat? You don't even know what Trey Lance is. Does Trey Lance in a super flex? I mean, if you won in a super flex league, and I know some people win different ways, but you probably got two at least decent quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So what? You're trading a first for a bye week fill-in because he's young and maybe he'll do something. <laughs> you know, like the, that's kind of what I'm thinking. But what are you thinking? What What is the value going to be? And what do you yeah. think about Corey's trade? Uh, I like it overall. I, <clears throat> I'm actually disappointed. We, uh, I got a, an offer like this before he got injured. Um, and at that point, it was actually Dak plus a little bit. True. I, I've only got him on two teams, so it's one of those I, I, I wanted to keep uh, keep things spread out a little bit. So obviously, I'm kicking myself now. Uh, I remember watching the beginning of the game too, and I'm I'm asking, I'm talking to my friend out loud here that I'm uh, watching with, and what, what are they doing designing runs up the middle for your quarterback? I don't care how athletic he is; he's not built for that. What are you doing? You're like, great, Jalen Hurts, he's rolling out. Yeah. He's rolling out. He's he's got to beat one guy in the open field. Fine. You know, or he's got the option then if, you know, if, uh, if the defender commits and then there's somebody behind him that he can dump off to, right? So w- what are you doing really running your quarterback that you paid three first-round picks for and putting him in the middle of a car crash five, six, seven times in a game? So that, that first of all, was just that, – that felt very irresponsible to me. Agreed. Um, this trade, I, I like it a lot. You know, Dak, Dak is a, a guy that – he will always have some of that value attached to him because we've seen him do it. Like you're talking about um, Trey Lance, his insulation is going to wear out. 
Uh, I totally agree. I think earlier before this season when he was named the starter, I think he spiked a little bit and people were getting a couple of firsts for him pretty easily. They were getting, you know, maybe a Kirk Cousins plus something for him. And you were downgrading, you know, on paper in value for him uh, to move him off your team. Uh, it's, I think, in, in, you know, in six months, eight months, again, depending on how he's looking, if he's got a workout tape out there, if his rehab's going well, if there's positive news. If I've got a late round first, I think I at least consider moving it for him, especially, you know, it's not going to be every team that does this, but, you know, I think there will be some teams that probably win with Tom Brady this year. And that for me, you know, would I give up a late first to get a guy that I know should be a starter versus, again, maybe it's more ideal to package your 111, 112 with something else to get into the top half to get one of your top end rookies this year. And, and hopefully you can do that. But if the fallback is, you know what, I'm going to get stuck with whoever's there and maybe uh, the value is not going to be as good. Uh, I, I don't fault anybody for going that route at this point, you know, looking at our, our crystal ball. But um, yeah, I, his value is definitely taking a major hit now. This is not the time to trade him away in any situation. Uh, wait for some positive news. Uh, you know, we've seen it multiple times over the last few years. I'm thinking even last year with, with Baker, right? He got, uh, we knew he was going to be out there. They trade for Deshaun and all of a sudden his, his value is crap. People are trading him away in super flex for thirds. And then finally he gets traded and okay, great. we got a starting quarterback battle here. So now you start to see that value creep up. And then all of a sudden labor day, he's the starter and Oh wow. Week one is a revenge game. I think he can do something. And now he's back to, he's not demanding a, a King's ransom for anything, but he's, he's recouped a good bit of that value to where he's now a, a solid QB two for a lot of teams. Maybe you went, for an elite quarterback, you've got a Josh Allen, you got a Mahomes, a Herbert, you got a Lamar, and you decide to pair uh, a guy like Baker as your QB two because you feel like he's got a, a solid floor. So we've seen plenty of guys regain and recoup some of their value over time, whether it's after getting traded, getting somebody drafted uh, behind them, or getting injured. So uh, I don't think what you will get now uh, is anywhere close to what you hopefully should be able to get in six months. Um, so, you know, make room. You've got IR for a reason, hopefully, in your league. Put them there, stash them, and then uh, wait for some of those offers or send some of those offers out again at, at the uh, the end of the season and see see who's got some older quarterbacks. See who's got Matt Ryan this year. See who's got Tom Brady. See who's got, uh, you know, maybe somebody went all in on Marcus Mariota this year and uh, see what happens there, right, or Jameis or something like that. So look at some of those teams with a, a more tenuous situation as well where they took the gamble on their QB, too. Um, so I think there will be a market for him. Uh, I think you're right, though. It's definitely uh, going to take a severe cut. And hopefully, you know, if you've got him, be patient. Yeah, I think. Uh, and uh, we had this uh, we had this in the chat as well. Uh, Jesse said uh, Lance has to be hold. And I agree, you know, unless you're getting, you know, unless someone's offering you Dak or something, you know, hold and, and see what happens. Uh, but talk about Jesse. He's got, he's got actually two questions. And normally I don't like putting two questions from the same person on the sheet, but I liked both of them. So I did it and it's our pot. So we can do whatever we want. Um, so this is from Jesse shot at Jesse shot rebuild team trade Tua for Dak. So it's this Dak Prescott guy showing up again. So if you were rebuilding, are you trading Tua for Dak? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, get the points off your roster now. 
get get peak value for Tua. You know, if you're rebuilding, you know Dak is not losing his job anywhere in the new future, and you're going to have a, a viable QB1 next year. I mean, even for the back half of this year. So, I mean, you're going to have to put up with – I think what you hope is that um, Dak doesn't come back too early and outscore Tua for the rest of the season, especially if you're <laughs> in a potential points league or something. So, again, depending on what your projections are, what you expect from these two guys, you know, is there a universe where Dak comes back in week, I don't know what, week eight, week nine, something like that, and for the last half of the season – outpaces Tua and you know bumps you down a notch or two in your draft order for next year it's possible but at the end of the day if you're asking me if I want Tua or Dak I'll take Dak right now for sure and yeah, yeah. Uh, the follow-up here in the chat straight up yeah I'd, I'd do it straight up I mean if you want to try to play the game and squeeze a, an extra pick out of it or a depth player or something go for it you know if you really think you can capitalize on the huge game plus maybe somebody's a Bama fan or a Dolphins fan if you're uh, if you're trading to uh, our friend David Glidden, who's a, a lifelong Dolphins and Dan Marino fan, maybe you get a little bit extra out of somebody like him. But uh, you know, don't lose. This is the the old uh, adage of the dog looking in the in the pool, sees another dog with another bone in his mouth, tries to get greedy and get that second bone, ends up with no bone. Don't be that dog. Uh, I, I've heard Mark Cuban say it before, and I don't know if he originated it or not. But uh, they always say, he always says, uh, pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. And you don't want to get slaughtered in a trade situation where you can get Tua for Dak. And then you go, ah, I'll try to get a little bit more. And that person's like, nah, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, and honestly, do it now. Because Tua and the Miami Dolphins going up against Drew's Buffalo Bills we might say we might see a big value shift after that game. We might go from Tua's the best quarterback that ever lived to that bum Tua. I always knew he couldn't play. <laughs> you know, I mean, or somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the middle. I, but think about it: the Buffalo Bills have been no joke on defense and on offense too. But on defense, I mean, they held the Rams to ten points, and they held the Titans to seven points. And just for reference, in case you were asleep last year, the Rams won the Super Bowl and the Tennessee Titans were the number one seed in the AFC. So he didn't beat the Texans and the Jaguars. I mean, they they beat two talented teams and and really made them look foolish. Really made them look bad. So, um, do do I think they're held to, to seven points? Probably not. I mean, Miami's too explosive. But well, yeah. I mean, what what if they score? What if the final score is 35-21, but Tua throws one touchdown and three interceptions? And his completion percentage is 55%. It's gonna be gross. We're gonna be like, uh, maybe we got too too high, too fast on Tua. So it could be it could be a big, you know, from, <laughs> from one week to the other. Uh, so, yeah, if you're going to try to make that trade, I'd make it now. And then here's a good one. And I've actually been thinking about this question because I have Curtis Samuel on one team that is a rebuild. So I've been I've been pondering this question as well. What is Curtis Samuel worth now? So. What, like what? 
what is his value? Mike? Uh, if, if I've got him on that rebuilding team, Josh, I think I'm going to go and throw out an offer for a 24 second. 24 second. You're not, you're not I'm even gonna, giving me any of the 23 lovelies. Uh, you can go and see, you know, maybe you can tack on an extra pick to get that 23 second. I think people are still pretty stingy with those. I think people are going to want to see a little bit more consistency from a Curtis Samuel. I mean, he was dead to the world last year. Oh yeah. Oh, trust me. I know so <laughs> to, to, <laughs> I know. to launch from that to all of a sudden now I'm worth a top 20 or a top 24 pick in this upcoming draft that everybody's excited about. I think that's a bit of a stretch. So you'll, you'd have to put something with him. Um, but if you're just talking like asset for asset, uh, that's, I've got him on a couple of teams and that's probably where I'm going to start is, yeah, I'll, I'll take a 24 second. It doesn't have to hurt you next year. And then uh, when we get to this draft coming up, that's where the next year's draft picks, which will be the 2024s will have hold some weight. They'll help me move up a little bit where I want to move up in some drafts. Uh, and if I have to hold them, I have to hold them again. And then, you know, the cycle of uh, the value of those picks in the future. So on that rebuilding team, uh, that that's where I go. Get those points off the roster. Get those potential points gone. Uh, and who knows when the bottom's going to fall out. Who knows when Wentz is going to get hurt at some point and a different quarterback comes in that doesn't use Curtis Samuel the same way. Uh, game script changes, et cetera. So uh, he's not a guy that I'm I'm really believing in for the long term. So somebody's willing to trade me something that's going to be decent in the next year or two, I'm taking it. Yeah. Good, good thing about the commanders is I think they're going to be down in a lot of their games. Uh, so I feel like Carson Wentz is going to have to throw whether, whether they mm-hmm. want him to or not. Uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to get those 23s though. Let's think about it. If you're a contender, right? If you're a real top three team, what the hell do you give about a second round pick? What do you care about giving up pick 22, 23, 24? I mean, what, what are the odds of, of hitting on those? I mean, we say, what, it's 50% in the first round, and what does it drop mm-hmm. to, like 30% in the 20% second round? 20% by that rate, yeah. So do you, do you want to give a – you know, are you scared to give up a 30% lotto ticket this year to get a guy who I believe leads the – I know he leads the commanders in touchdowns, I think. And he might lead in in he's tied with Terry McLaurin in receiving yards. I know that. So, you know, obviously it's a two-game sample size. Drew, you're absolutely yep. right. Things can change. Things can change in a heartbeat. But my thing is, is like, boy, I, you know, and not just I, but all Curtis Samuel owners everywhere. If you're ready to sell, the time is now. Because yep. like you said. The Commanders play the uh, the Eagles next week. We just saw what that secondary did against Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Irv Smith and Dalvin Cook. Curtis Samuel's not none of those. <laughs> he, he's just he just isn't. So um, we got to keep that in mind. We got to you know because the, uh, the the Curtis Samuel train might uh might stop uh, one last time and never start back up again. But we got a bunch of questions in here, so let's mm-hmm. let's throw let's some it. of these on here. Um, this is from Zero Destroyer. What up, guys? Can y'all pick one? Zeke, Curtis Samuel, or Christian Kirk? Uh, I'm assuming this is like a, a start-sit deal. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this because I, uh, I wasn't as high as I should have been on this guy. Um, 
I was like lukewarm on him. But it's Christian Kirk, man. I mean, that dude. Yep. Now, I made fun of the money like everybody made fun of the money. Yes, we did. But Trevor Lawrence only has eyes <laughs> for Christian Kirk. And I guess a little bit of uh, Evan Ingram. But it, it, it's all Christian Kirk all yeah. the time. Yeah, and that target share is so healthy. Healthy. If there was a word above healthy, I would use that because healthy, I feel like, is almost insulting <laughs> to the target share. But, um, but yeah, like I, it's got to be Christian Kirk. I mean, he, he's making the money. He's making the money look reasonable. He's earning point. it. Yep. He's, he's earning, earning it. every cent. And good for him, by the way. Yep. A lot, a lot of guys. Yep. A lot of guys get paid and they go, got paid. I'm done. Like I, I did everything. I, broke my back and now I'm going to relax on a pile of money and Christian Kirk's like want to get me another one of these contracts in a couple of years so uh good for him but yeah zero destroyer uh Drew and I are in lockstep here Christian Kirk go with it our boy uh Dap Network brother friend of the show Justin at Run DFF there's no such thing as Tua high on Tua he knows we're we'll, we gonna see after that Bills game <laughs> What what Drew has to see. This, this is Drew's nightmare. His boo versus his team. And it could be bad for, for his boo. So uh That's right. he's got he's got a buffer on, on T Law right now for the season. So he can he oh, can man. have a down game this week. He's got a fucking buffer for sure, man. And, and T Law didn't have a bad game. That's the crazy He did thing. not. He didn't he have did not. but I mean he didn't have no two again. That's a damn sure. Uh <laughs> let's let's throw this one up here. Uh from Dynasty's scissor. Enough about Jimmy G. What do you think about Jimmy C, otherwise known as James Cook? What's he worth in Dynasty? All right, Drew, I'm going to let you start this because this is your team, and everybody knows my opinion on the man, so the floor is yours. Oh, man. Um, So tough. I've actually – I honestly have not even paid attention to where – I know he had an early fumble in week one, and I I thought that might put him – uh, in the doghouse a little bit. Uh, I don't think, let's see here. What do we have so far? We're looking at 12 attempts, 55 yards right now. So mm-hmm. he's averaging four and a half yards, one target, one single target, mm-hmm. which I think uh, we were expecting a little bit more in the passing arena from him this year, uh, which again, it's early, but uh, yeah, he's, if you drafted him, you're going to take a, a pretty steep cut in value, I think. Um, so if it's one of those you don't believe in him and you want to uh, get out while you can still get something, then get something, which that something is probably a third right now. If you can convince somebody of being a part, a piece of the Bills offense, being young, et cetera. But uh, that's about as good as I think uh, you're going to get from anybody. Yeah, so all these people that were taken – James Cook in the first round. I, war- I warn people every year, Drew. Don't we do this every year? And people say, yeah, I'm not going to do that again this year. And then they go ahead and do it. And, and I've seen I, this movie before. I, I try to warn people every year. Don't do this. Don't, don't pick this guy in the first. It's always a running back because we need running backs. Everybody needs running backs. Running backs, they get hurt more than any other position we need as many as possible. And then rookie drafts come and we go, I know this guy wasn't really like my 10th best player on my personal board, but he's a running back. 
just move on or use that 110 to trade for a running back that you've seen actually produce. I'm with you. I'm actually shocked that we both independently thought of the same valuation, a third. I mean, look, it, it, this, this is kind of looking like the Zach Moss playbook. We got hype about Zach Moss coming out. We were real excited. I don't think we were taking him in the first round of rookie drafts, but we were very excited. He was going to take over. He was going to be the guy that in Singletary's ass, and it was going to be Zach Moss show. And then it was like, all right, Zach Moss, in some games he's not even active. Matt Breed is getting touches over him. Like, we, we've, we've seen the story. And I feel like James Cook is going to be a lot of the same. You know, it's going to be like, oh, he might have a game here. He might have a game there. But you're never really going to be like, James Cook, I got to start that guy. Like, he's got to be in my lineup. So, yeah, unfortunately, Scissor, um, I don't know if you're trying to acquire him or if you're trying to get rid of him. But if you're trying to get rid of him at this point, just hold him. Just see if, like, maybe we're both dead wrong. Maybe injuries happen, too, and he yep. kind of gets thrust into a bigger position and then performs. But, you know, if I have to get him off of my roster today, I'm literally, like, just spamming for thirds. I have him on one team. I actually took him uh, high in the second. Um, and he's just on my taxi squad chilling. He's not going to do nothing this year for me, I don't think. Um, happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, so some great questions. And and before we go any further, let's talk about it, Drew. What are we going to talk about, man? What are we going to talk about? It is the game of the week. So. Last week, Drew, we went we went three and zero with our picks. So, first of all, pick we made on the show, Jags covering, but covering they won, they won their game, they shut out the Colts. Mm. That's how good that bet was. Then on Saturday, the FTC only pick, which by the way, FTC the fantasy timeline chat. If you want to be a part of it, a lot of great conversation. Uh, there was actually a, a big conversation going on before uh, before we went on. Um, we drop we drop a pick in there for their eyes only. So if you want to see that too, it's it, there's no cost. Just hit us up at Real Fantasy TL at dr underscore pra or at Fantasy Timeline and say, hey, I want to be part of that. Uh, Georgia minus twenty five, I think, or twenty eight. Against South Carolina, they beat them by like 41. So we covered that one too pretty easy. And then the Sunday morning game, the Detroit Lions minus one against those Washington Commanders. Mm -hmm. uh, the game actually looked a lot more respectable at the end because at halftime it was 22 nothing. So <laughs> I think uh, I think the Commanders only ended up losing by nine, but. Uh, it was uh, it was Detroit minus one, so they they did their thing. They did what they were supposed to, and we went three and zero. Drew, we went three and zero. So it's a good week. The week before, we went one sure and did. one. Uh, I knew I knew I was going to see this, and I do want to put it up. Uh, our boy Justin again at Run DFF. Go dogs! Hey, go dogs! Listen, uh, Cox didn't have they weren't ready. 
and I knew they weren't going to be ready. You have a defense like that against an offensive line that is a little shaky and a quarterback that likes to be a bit of a gunslinger. It's a recipe for disaster, and that's exactly what happened. So we're going to try to go undefeated again, Drew. We're going to try to do back-to-back weeks, go undefeated. And I don't like doing this. This is something I actually don't like doing. But but it's it's too good to just I don't I don't want to cost people money. I want to make people money. The Chiefs minus seven at the Colts. All right, let me break let me break down some some actual stats here. Colts are zero and four in their last four against the spread. Obviously, last week they didn't do it because we told you guys to bet on the Jags. And 0-4 in their last four against the spread after losing by 14 or more points. Guess what they did last week? They lost by 14 or more points. Many more. And let's face it, the Chiefs, Chiefs win games. They do. They, They win week one by just battering Arizona offensively. And they win in week two with a fourth quarter pick six that ends up being the game winner. They know how to win. And the Colts look like they don't even know how to play football. So take the seven points and and cash in with a whole lot of money. And remember, guys, if – If you're going to do this, if you're going to wager on these games, if you're going to listen to our advice and put some of your own hard-earned money on, use BetUS. We're going to we're going to have the uh, we're going to have our personal uh, link in the uh, in the comments of this episode on YouTube. If you're listening in podcast, we're going to also have it in the description. Uh, Just click on it. Uh, BetUS is doing a whole bunch of cool stuff right now. They're doing like 100, 125% of your money, you know, so they're just giving you free money. They want you to bet and you can bet on everything. Obviously, we do the football thing here because that's who we are. But you know, listen, baseball, we're getting into the nitty gritty here. Maybe you're a big baseball fan. Uh, I'm a Mets fan. Go Mets. We uh, made the playoffs. Uh, let's go. Hopefully we can take down the NL East as well and, and keep it moving. Basketball right around the corner. Let's go do it. So uh, all of that and a lot more, a lot more. I mean, they got MMA, they got, you know, soccer, golf, golf and and hockey, you know. So um, head over there, uh, use our link, and uh, not only will it help you, it'll help us as well. Um, Let's bring this one. I think this is going to be our last one for the day because I know you, uh, you're hanging out with the family and then doing, uh, doing those important things. So we're going to do this last one, uh, from our boy coast to coast dynasty Mercer at C to C dynasty Merce. Is this in quotes down 2022 class going to be, be better than expected due to wide receivers. London, Wilson, Burks, and Olave have shined already, while Pickens, Moore, and Watson could have second-half surges. Um, I'm going to take this one first. The answer is yes. And here's what we do, by the way. You know, I, you know, I always talk about don't draft the first-round running back that you're just trying to shove in there. Here's another thing we do. 
Don't ride the roller coaster during the off season. We do this every year. We hype up a class. You know, this class has got a lot of good this and a lot of good that. And we get excited. Yeah, let's go. And then, like, March, we've seen Combine. We've seen Pro Days. You know, we thought this class was really good, but I don't think they're really that good. We did the same thing in 2022. We took we took a dump on a lot of these guys. And I think some of it also had to do with the fact that we didn't love the quarterbacks. And by the way, the NFL actually told us we were right about not loving these quarterbacks with Kenny Pickett being the only one taken in the first round. But, I mean, why did we not think that Garrett Wilson was going to be a good player? He was my wide receiver one in the class. And that's only because, by the way, that's only because Jamison Williams got hurt, who, mm-hmm. you know, wasn't even wasn't even mentioned in this tweet because obviously he's dealing with the injury. It'll probably be, you know, halfway through the season before we see him. Um, but Traylon Burks was, was considered kind of the wide receiver one when everything first kind of got started and then things started happening, moving back and forth. You know, people were people were higher on Olave and London than I was, but I mean Drake London is is making Kyle Pitts irrelevant. He was he was actually gonna he was gonna be my ugly, and <laughs> and then just, just Field yeah. said what he said. Cool, I can I can switch that up. But like, yeah. And by the way, I I think Sky Moore. That that's gonna be a thing quick because guess what yeah, nobody ain't it right now juju ain't it envious ain't it justin watson all right maybe doubtful but maybe you know i, I think sky Moore. you know and i think there was even a quote today from andy reed saying that sky Moore is going to get more touches he didn't say targets by the way he said i think he said touches hmm. okay which will be which will be interesting if we start seeing them on sweeps and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we got excited about pickings and we'll see, you know, if the Matt Canada offense can throw it more than like three yards downfield. Um, but if, if they can figure that part of it out, I think, uh, I think pickings could be a thing. Uh, Christian Watson He's got, he's getting some growing pains, but, you know, I'm sure, you know, he's trying everything he can to, you know, hang out with Aaron Rodgers, you know, that, that first, that first pass man in that, uh, in that Minnesota game. And it was, that was a design play too. That's the worst part about it. That was a design play. Aaron Rodgers said, I want to start this kid off with a touchdown. And he would have. If he would have just put his hands around the ball, shame for him. But um, yeah, I mean, and, and by the way, we haven't even talked about Brees Hall. I mean that that's going to be a thing before we end this season. Ken Walker is starting to to make his way in through Seattle. That, that could be a thing. Yeah, like we could be talking about a lot of. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys and going, why were we so, why were we so down on the class? And by, and by the way, um, 
there's spots for guys like, you know, like Wondell Robinson. Yeah, he's hurt. But, uh, dude, that receiving core right now past Sterling Shepard and Richie James, not a name I thought I'd be saying in 2022. Nope. Nope. Is what? Is what? The hope of Carius Tony and the corpse of Kenny Galladay? And I know Bobby will cut that up and play it for me tomorrow, but it, it's true. You know, I, I said to Bobby, Bobby showed me the fact that Kenny Galladay had, I think, two snaps last week. And I said, almost it almost seems like it's a roulette wheel. And Brian Dable spins it, and whatever wide receiver it lands on, like, just doesn't play. <laughs> week one, it was Kadarius Tony. Week two, it was Kenny Galladay. Who knows? Week three, it might be Richie James, for all we know. But, you know. Wendell Robinson could come back and end up being the boss of of that entire squad. So yeah, yeah, you've got the owner of Daniel Bellinger there still, who had a had a target, had a touchdown. So yeah, there's not a whole lot though. So yeah, I I think you're right that we tend to, especially because we're in a, a lot of super flex communities, we we focus so much on the quarterback position. So so much of the opinion for the rest of the class rises and falls with that. Um, and it's every year we have, you know, we have some hidden gems and some that should be more obvious than others. Um, so it's a, it's just a good reminder for, okay, the rest of this year for the college season, maybe you don't do a full on Debbie, but there are some great folks out there that you can follow who do put out some great Debbie content, some basic stuff that you can look at, watch, listen to read and get you prepared and, and maybe tune out some of the other noise from some folks that are just solely focused on where the quarterback's going to be. You know, who's going to be the RB1 and after that. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely some value uh, to be had here. And hopefully uh, some people were able to capitalize on that uh, during their drafts. And then you still have some time. Like you said, Jameson Williams, who knows? Maybe somebody's getting impatient. Maybe you don't have a deep bench. You don't have, you know, the appropriate IR or, or taxi squad settings for, your, for a dynasty league. And you've got somebody that really wants points now. Great. What do you need? To, <laughs> you know, what do you need to, to get him – before you feel like you have to drop him, right? So, and that—that's the thing, man. I mean, I, and I, I think you know you're right about you know the super flex thing. You know, you and I are in so many super. I actually I am not in a single one QB league, so I don't even you know, I don't even think of from that point of view. And sometimes when people send me questions on Twitter, I'm like, oh, I don't know how to answer this when draft picks are involved. Cause I'm like, what do you have? Like seven guys, if you're not talking about the quarterbacks. So, um, but we, we also kind of, unless they're just elite, elite prospects, we also kind of downplay the wide receivers because I mean, we say it on the show too. There's a million wide receivers. You can find wide receivers. You can find Richie James. <laughs> Like we're just talking about a guy that nobody was talking about. And, you know, that's a guy, you know, Sterling Shepard on the same team is starting to make himself a little bit of a comeback here. You know, a guy like Zay Jones is playable in certain situations. So, you know, we also down, we also downplay it besides the elite prospects during the draft. Cause we're like, Oh, there, there's, some, you know, you probably look at your team, maybe even if you're rebuilding and you go, well, I got like three or four, at least decent wide receivers. So then if the quarterbacks are poor, then you're looking at running backs. And then it was like, well, it's only Brees Hall and that's it. Maybe you like Ken Walker a little bit, but that was it. That was the marquee. You know, it was Brees Hall, 
maybe in the little print under it, uh, Ken Walker and the wide receivers, you know, it's like Gladys Knight and the Pips, you know, it was just like, it was the afterthought. It was the background dancers, but you know, I mean, Garrett Wilson, dude, that, that dude is looking crazy out there right now. Like, you know, I used the one Oh two in some spots to get Garrett Wilson. That's how high I was. Mm-hmm. On. Yep. And y'all let y'all let us get Garrett Wilson at like 107 in the OG league. I don't know why y'all did that. Maybe y'all thought because we had Elijah Moore we weren't gonna go there, but we went there. Like y'all let us do it. I don't know why. I would have stopped me if I was me, but y'all let us do it. So God bless y'all. But you know that like and you know. Merce came up with, with so many, you know, good players, you know, Drake London, dude, I, I might have to take a massive L on Drake London. It's only two games. Things can change quickly. But right now I got to take the massive L on Drake London. I guess I can continue my week one ugly and now throw Drake London in there as well. Um, Traylon Burks, I think is going to be massive by the time the season's over. They're like just ramping him up because, I mean, do you want to rely on Nick Westbrook Akine? You know, no, Robert nah. Woods is not Robert not what Woods. he was two three years ago. Oh nah, man, and I had high hopes for Robert Woods. I've loved Robert yeah. Woods. For I a love long. that guy. But it, originally Buffalo Bill, it, it ain't doing anymore. I think the the ACL really sapped him. Uh, so. Yeah, it is going to be better than expected because we're going to look at all these wide receivers coming out. And, you know, we can even go deep. Like, hello, Isaiah Likely. How you doing? Like, you know, it wasn't just like, oh, all these first-round guys and a bunch of nothing. You know, uh, Wondell Robinson was a guy taking in a lot of second rounds, which I think, you know, could end up being uh, great for people. You know, we haven't seen David Bell yet because, I, honestly, Jacoby Brissett, can only literally target one wide receiver per game. Uh, week one, it was uh, DPJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones. This week was Amari uh, Cooper with the resurgence. I mean, maybe week three it is David Bell. But, um, you know, he can only do one per game. So um, if you can figure that out, go to BetUS and bet the prop on that because uh, that'll uh, that'll be uh, what it is. But um, – yeah, I think we answered that pretty well. I think we, uh, I think we did it pretty, pretty good. Um, so on that note, let's get out of here, Drew. Um, thank you to everybody in the chat. A uh, lot of questions this week, which is awesome. Jesse, Justin, Dynasty, Scissor. We had Zero Destroyer. Thank you all for coming. Everybody else that was in and out, thank you too. Remember uh, to subscribe. You know, you're subscribing to the DAP Network, so you're not just getting us. Uh, you're getting the junkies. You're getting trade addicts uh, when they do shows just regularly on YouTube. Um, also, like the video. That would be really helpful. Those likes apparently uh, help, out, help out somehow with algorithms and things that I don't know about. And leave a comment too. You know, tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us where we're wrong. Like, like Dynasty Scissor here. He said, "Yeah, but Jacoby Brissett is a gentleman. <laughs> that is true. He is a gentleman. 
he is just not a good quarterback. So you can be two things at once. He is those two things at the same time. Um, but hey, leave, leave that in the comments. Hey, don't disparage the great name of Jacoby Brissett and let us know how you feel. Uh, for all the people listening to us on podcasts, thank you very much. Uh, it's appreciative. We're at an hour and six minutes. You could be doing anything else, literally anything else, and you made the decision to listen to what Drew and I have to say. Listen to all the stuff Drew says. Me, not so much. I'm not really <laughs> that smart. I just am here for the Take fun. Take Josh's bets. Do that. <laughs> that'll, that'll make you some money. Uh, but remember, again, if a friend referred you, if you just searched fantasy football and we came up and you listen and you like it subscribe then rate and review if your uh podcast uh platform allows you to that helps us out as well we love seeing those and drew i think i've gotten all that business out of the way so let's get out of here late